G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our 300th show ever. I know, our 300th episode. Wow. When did that happen? I know, and they said it wouldn't last, and that was us. That was us after the first episode we ever did. Um, Look, it's coming up to not quite five years yet. That'll be in April coming up, but um, yeah, 300 episodes has been quite a lot. Um, We've enjoyed the journey, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't still be here. Absolutely, yes. Oh, you're being held against your will, Mike. Pretty much. (laughs) Send help, people. Send help. All right. Well, look, there was one little thing we didn't mention during the week to some Australians will be across this, but might be new for some people, is that we have a VIP giveaway for Kano for their shows coming up in Australia. Yeah, very exciting. So it will, uh, no matter which show you're going to, basically, um, you'll be eligible to uh, to win the prize. Exactly. And the prize itself is a meet and greet with the band themselves mm. for you and four other people. Yes. Plus you get a sparkling bottle of wine. Now they have said it's going to be good. Oh, a good for sparkle. I might want to go myself. Who knows? <laughs> you just want the wine, mm. not the, the meet and greet. Now you can enter as long as you're, it's not the Australia side. Show you must have tickets to the show, but it can't be the Australia Decide show. But we're going to let you know how you can win those tickets later in the episode. They'll be very highly sought after. Well, it wasn't just about our 300 show, Michael, and VIP tickets to see Kano. It was a bloody big week in Eurovision, wasn't it? It certainly was. Lots going on right from the very start of the week through to this morning's. Oh, happenings and drama. It was a lot of drama. Oh, my God. Shall we talk about it? It was out of Spain. It was our winner for Benidorm Fest. Let's have a listen. Well, that was Chanel with Slow Mo Dale. Quite a bit of drama. She got over the line eventually. Thoughts on this one? Well, look, I'm really happy with this winner. I think this is the right choice for Spain to send to Eurovision. Spain have struggled at Eurovision for years now. They have not made it out of the top, out, into the top 20 since Ruth Lorenzo made 10th place in 2014. That's a long time to be in the 20s. Even the UK has made the top 20 in that time. True. So this to me was a great new process to find a song to get a result at Eurovision and they've got a song that can do it. I'm so happy they've chosen Chanel all some people chose Chanel. <laughs> yes. Well, it seemed to me like probably of the real three big contenders, this was the one, the safest probably option of getting that result. Uh, look, it was impeccably performed. You cannot fault the performance one little bit. She, she was just so tight with the choreography. Look, there's a fair bit of backing vocal going on in the uh, national final version. We'll see how she goes at Eurovision with that one. But to me, this is minimum, minimum we're looking at sort of 15th place. This one's probably going to go to the left-hand side of the scoreboard from what we saw. Yeah, I think I always loved the studio. We both did. A lot of people had question marks. And when we saw that semi-final performance, it was like, she has come to perform. She can perform this. If yes. This was an internal selection. The whole time leading to Eurovision would be like, can she bring it? Can she be as good as an Eleni Ferreira as there's some comparisons? And you know what? Maybe not 
quite as good as Elaney, but 95% there. This is the best female banging song we've seen in years. It's been almost five years, four years since Elaney Ferreira. It's enough time. She's eating it up. This is fantastic, and it's international. Definitely. Uh, and also, it's the, it was the complete package from what we saw of all the entries. There were some very good songs in Benidorm. We'll get on to some of the others very shortly. But this had the most molded package. It was ready to go. And to be honest, a tweak here and there, and basically it's ready for the Eurovision stage. And there is backup um, vocals, remember, at Eurovision, which is going to help. But also, it still does have, yes, there's English language lyrics, which are interesting. Mm, yes. Uh, but there's also the fact when I first heard it I thought this sounds like an Aitana song Mm -hmm. straight away so there is still that kind of Spanish pop music scene going on there so they just haven't gone for some English language thing and I do hope they keep that bulk of it in Spanish I think it'll it'll work well so I was over the moon. I didn't expect her to win, and I was super happy with the result. Yeah, I, th- I thought it could have gone uh, either way for some of the other songs. So here we go. Yeah, that one actually won the expert jury, Dale. Won mm-hmm. by a mile. Oh, I guess five points over. Um, five points are won by. Five points, but over one of the other contenders who we'll get True. to a little bit later. <laughs> uh, it came second in the de- demoscopic jury and only third in the televote, Dale. Do you think that is an issue for the Spanish people? Well, if you looked at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and every social media channel, it was. Mm. Look, I can understand why people are upset in a way because, look, if you're going to come third in the public vote and win and your favourites win and then don't get to go through... I understand a little bit of that, right? Mm. Of course. But this is about choosing a Eurovision entry. It takes in both the jury and the the public. That's what Eurovision's about. That's what most national finals do. It's not the first time we've seen this. And I tell you what, I just feel like a lot of the very passionate Spanish fans will be very happy when it comes to May Turin, and they won't be thinking about this at that point. Yeah, possibly. All of a sudden it's in the top 10 and maybe all is forgiven. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Second place out of <laughs> Benidorm Fest went to Rigoberta Bandini with her song A Mama. That was like, let's face it, everyone's seen uh, the uh, picture of the large breast that was on uh, <laughs> on the stage for her performance. Uh, she came second in the juries, third in the demoscopic juries, second in the televote. Um, yeah, look, uh, how would you... Th- have felt if this one had won? Look, uh, there was a lot I liked. I liked this at the start. I remember this only came 11th in the Aussie Vision team rankings, but I think both of us had this high. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I definitely had question marks about this translating to Eurovision. But my God, what an incredible performance. Mm. Um, she is amazing. I love what the message was behind about it. It is about celebrating women. Yeah. The, the female body. Um, and not being afraid to celebrate it in every which way. And they certainly were. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we kind of like clutched pearls at point, not really, to be honest, but I some do. people do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even for that to happen shows why that song should exist. Um, so look, I think they did a great job. I was a little, it did seem a bit messy at times. Mm. And I would have had a lot of question marks about how they were going to translate that to a European an international audience, but um, she's going to go down in history as an iconic performance and well done to her. Yeah, absolutely. There was a bit of nude illusion in there as well towards the end, which was fantastic. There was everything about it I really loved. 
except maybe the final polish on the performance. To me, it started well, it ended well. The bit in the middle just looked like they kind of made it up on the spot almost. Um, And hey, that was probably the Achilles heel in the end was the live performance. And I guess we should talk about our third place getters as well. Tansha get us with terror. This is the one where I think most of the Spanish fans are gnashing of the teeth. That came fifth in the juries. They buried it, Dale. Let's face it. First in the demoscopic jury, first in the tally vote. What's what's your thoughts on this one? As I said, it's not the first time this happens, right? <laughs> this this happens all over Europe and a lot of national finals. There's just a lot of passionate fans. Um, there's a reason the jury's put it lower, and I think this will struggle in a way. I I do think it showed up to be the kind of potentially messy performance it could be. I was never massive on it, so it's very hard for me to judge the song. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people enjoyed it, and I think it had a lot of potential. And when they got that staging right, it looked brilliant. When they got it wrong, which was probably 60% of that time, it was messy. Someone's over there. Someone's over here. Where do I look? Three people are very hard to get right on stage, and it's a very frenetic kind of song as it Mm. is. That was always going to be a big risk, and I'm not sure the risk paid off. And basically, they had very strong fans, and they came for it. This yeah. would have been a domestic performance win, not a European Eurovision performance win. Yeah. I, I thought it definitely cleaned up a little from semi-final through to the final, so it was a little cleaner for the grand final. Mm. Uh, it was still pretty messy, and I will concur. It, it, you've got your three performers, plus you've got two dancers bopping around doing something and a guy on a drum and to be honest it was just all a little bit frenetic from a frenetic song already so I can understand from a jury point of view why you would say if I'm looking for a a, a Eurovision entry this one is probably not where it needs to be right now and there's two lenses you look at it right I enjoyed it Mm. When I saw the live, I enjoyed it much more than the studio but then I looked at it through a Eurovision lens and I was like ooh but it didn't mean I didn't think it was fantastic. It didn't mean that they were iconic. That dancing, that vocal, um, the representation of who they are was fantastic. Mm. And that's great. And that's what we wanted from Benny Dornfest. It's been a wonderful national final. It certainly has been. So we'll run through just the other placings there quickly. Raiden, who was one of your favourites, he came fourth. Fair way behind in the end. But he, yeah, what did you think of him? Look. Uh, I love Raiden. He's amazing. Um, my favorite song of the entire season so far. The live was 90% there for me. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people seem to fall in love with it more from the live. Mm. I might have been the other way around. But I think fourth was probably the right place for him. Um, uh, but I'm not going to stop loving this song. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think fourth is pretty much where it deserved to be. Fifth was Blanca Paloma with her uh, atmospheric ballad. I thought that did a lot better than I thought it was going to do. Yeah, I thought that was actually really good, particularly in the grand final. Mm. Semi-final, there was a couple of vocal moments. Don't mention on Twitter. Oh, God, that, Just no. tell me, don't say anything about Blanca on Twitter. They came for you, Dale. <laughs> they, they came, came for, for me. You. But she was brilliant in the grand final. Wonderful staging. Um, the fact that this has come fifth in a national mm. final shows how strong this was. Yeah, six went to Vari Brava. I think it was a fantastic popular little song, but probably about six where it deserves to be. Exactly. Love Boat, Spanish style. Enjoyed every bit of it. <laughs> Camp as that was. Fantastic. <laughs> Shane came in seventh with Echo and hey, I think that's about where it deserved to be. I was really underwhelmed with the staging. Yeah, it wasn't great. The song was a very Swedish song. Mm. It did very well with the Aussie Vision team. This could probably win a few national finals in other 
oh. particular Baltic countries. For sure. Um, but, hey, in Spain it comes seventh. Yeah, and in eighth place was Gonzalo Hermida with his ballad. Um, he didn't sing a note for the week, made the grand final, came in eighth. <laughs> yeah, look, I feel so sorry for him exactly. not being out to perform or even have rehearsal footage because I did think it was a nice ballad. It was very much in the blast canto kind of thing. Kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I can, and it kept doing very well in the demoscopic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. won in its semi-final. It won the demoscopic jury. He didn't sing a note live. So, I mean, not his fault, of course. Um, you know, he went down with COVID for anyone who didn't know but um yeah i was i was expecting it to be punished a lot more nice that he got to have a lot of exposure during the week without getting to perform so i guess that's a little silver lining totally all right just overall thoughts on benedorm and the showdown oh just what an amazing national final spain are back with a bang yeah oh for sure for sure the most outstanding one we've had so far let's face it we haven't had that many but the bar is set so france australia Ukraine, that's where you probably, you know, Italy, that's where you need to be. Yeah, and Spain has been um, confused over the last few years, and I love this direction. It's the right direction, whatever result, and I do think they're going to get their kind of result um, a la Netherlands 2013's Anouk style here Mm -hmm. to build upon because Spain has a wonderful music um, industry and they should be doing a lot better at Eurovision. Yeah, maybe tweak the scoring system a little possibly, who (laughs) knows, but um, I loved the hosts. I love the Oh my God, Alaska. Alaska, we're obsessed. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, But this is it. This is what we're asking for, a clear presentation of what you want to do, Spain. Stick with it. Hopefully they get a bit of a result for this one and get a bit of encouragement. Yeah, great national final. Thanks for the memories, Spain. (laughs) Well, Mike, the Spanish song wasn't the only Eurovision one we got this weekend. Out of nowhere, (laughs) we did get a song out of Moldova, didn't we? We certainly did. And let's have a listen to... Trenaletsul by Zadob Sisedib and Fratsi Advahov. Hey ho, let's go for glory and rock and roll. Black Trenum in the yes, Kishinou Bukuresh. Hey ho, let's go for glory and rock and roll. Black Trenum in the yes, Kishinou Bukuresh. You can start us off on this one, Dale, because I know you're going to love this. Well, look, before we talk about the song, can we just touch on the process for a second here? (laughs) Moldova had 29 songs released early in the week for the live auditions that happened Saturday night here in Australia. Mm -hmm. From that, there was going to be a two-stage process, Mm -hmm. semi-final, final. Then they announced that it may be a two-stage process, but they reserve the right to go straight to a grand final. Mm-hmm. Which they did this kind of thing back in 2018, I They remember. did, that's right. Quality yep, yep. wasn't great. They went straight to a grand final. Mm-hmm. Then we got an announcement Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. No semis, no grand final. We're making an internal selection from the auditions. But we're still going to, yeah. So basically they're going to make everyone audition, the 29 live people, and then they'll just make a decision who they want. Basically. Except it wasn't 29, it was 28. Oh. Because there was the iconic... Miss Candy Love with her song Intro, which was just basically a whole bunch of metallic noises or static. Static, yeah. It was iconic. Like, I have listened to it a couple of times. I kind (laughs) of wanted us to play it this week, but because we got a Moldovan song, we couldn't. Um, But she pulled out. Um, Don't really know why. There was age questions. Vocal. Vocal issues. (laughs) It was... (laughs) 
That's song? right. Apparently, someone thought she was a child. Or something. I, I saw her online going, I'm not a child. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that was just the process. So anyway, messy process. But in the end, we've got this song. And can I just say, what a ripper. What a ripper of a song. This is, you uh, know I love my Romany, Trumpety, Moldova stuff going on. And this is so damn good. Now, these guys, um, Zadob... Um, this is Z- Z- Yep, exactly. <laughs> are back for the third time at Eurovision. Wow. They debuted uh, for Moldova, the very first entry back in 2005, coming six. Competed in 2011 and 12th. Was so lucky. A lot of you remember will be Pointy Hats Unicycle. Yes. So they are iconic. They're back again for the third decade, third performance for Moldova, bringing back the essence of Moldova with this wonderful song. It is Romani, it's folk, it's about a train journey. It's just about a train journey between Chisnau and Bucharest. Exactly. <laughs> what do you what more do you want? It I've got to say I didn't expect to like it, but I do kind of like it. Exactly. I, what's happened here? You're yeah, liking this. I'm not as in love with it just as much as you are, but um, it's certainly got something that grabs your attention and it keeps it. Like, it keeps your attention. So, I don't know. I I think this might go okay. I hate to say that, but I just do. I think this might go okay for Moldova. I saw people saying today, well, oh, well, you know, semi-one's looking weak because Moldova's a certain non-qualifier. Hmm. Where have you been? Hmm. Remember Dora Dots? That was not meant to do anything. Um, hey Mama came third. All these songs from Moldova in the past like this have done very well. It is their national brand at Eurovision. This is a really good song. Like it's it's even got this kind of like folk country element that comes throughout the song too. Mm. It's memorable. They'll do great staging. Watch out. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah, they're experienced performers. They know exactly what to do and and, and how to do it. So I think this is going to end up doing fairly well, which I'm shaking my head while I'm saying that, but I think it will. I really will. <laughs> and look, Australia's always big fans of Moldova. I have as well. So I am very, very pleased with how it's gone. Well, Mike, it wasn't just about Benidorm Fest this morning, though fans didn't really have a lot of eyes on anything else. But <laughs> Norway, Melody Grand Prix, we had the third semi-final, and we did have a winner. It was Uda Gordeson with her song, Hammer of Thor. Thor stole the hammer of Thor. They think they're in control, but I stole the hammer of Thor. I stole the hammer of Thor, stole the hammer of Thor. They think they won the war, but I stole the hammer of Thor. Well, Mike, this is quite a uniquely Norwegian type of entry, isn't it? What did you think of this? I I was pleasantly surprised when I first heard the studio. Um, it's not normally my kind of thing. Um, I'm not into the sort of, you know, theatrical Viking kind of stuff. But I thought it was very, very well presented this morning. The The staging was very, very good. Um, I thought the shots were very good that they did. It's a difficult vocal for her. Um, but, but I thought she really, really pulled it off. Look, it's not the most modern thing we're ever going to hear, but it is kind of made for Eurovision, and that can work. So um, I, I, I was pleased with it this morning, I have to say. It's a really kind of storytelling song without... Mm 
telling a story. Well, because <laughs> very she, repetitive. It's very repetitive. But she goes through three different stages, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets bigger and bigger and more dramatic. And and you have something to hang on to each time. And I thought her vocal was really good. Very exposed vocal. Mm. Wouldn't mind a little bit of backing maybe at times. But brilliant. Like so Norwegian in the whole ilk of Rain Alexander kind of stuff. Yeah. And the fact that you enjoy this, my God, you're enjoying Moldova and you're enjoying Viking Norway. What is happening? The mad cow's disease or something. I don't know. Something's <laughs> going on. But look, I thought she did a fantastic job. And once I saw that, it kind of felt that it was never in doubt that she was going to win this semi. For sure. I have to say, of all the semifinals we've seen so far from Norway, this was the best by a mile. I don't know why they loaded this semifinal because I thought a couple of the other songs could have even snuck through in, in our previous ones. But um, for her to win it, I thought there was no doubt. Right, well, actually, the second place in this who lost in the gold jewel was uh, Vilda with Titans. Very Melfest type of performance. What did you think of this? Very, very Melfest. Um, look, it, it was a very good, solid, pleasant pop song. Um, there was some vocal moments there, perhaps if she'd maybe hit that. I don't think it was would have changed the result, but we could have been a little stronger there. So far... If we're going to go have a second chance one, I would be picking this one because I just think it's a good, solid pop song. I don't know. That's all. I'm still on Pink Flamingo, but (laughs) I did actually really enjoy this. I thought she did a good job vocally. Yeah, stronger. It could have stood out more, but it was very interesting to see something very, very Norwegian versus something very Melfest. Yeah, um, it was very Norway. It was a very Swedish An identity kind of like battle there. In, it, it was in, a very in, Swedish um, execution, I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. All right, the other songs in there also Mari uh, Bola with Your Loss. Um I thought this was probably the robbery um, I, I definitely wanted Uda to win, but I think this is a wonderfully performed song, modern type of song, great performer, um, very unlucky to be in the semi-final. Yeah, another one um, that's probably victim to the strength of this semi-final. It, she was excellent, and she's got something. Mm. I thought she was vocally excellent. Um, it was pretty simple staging. I quite enjoyed the furniture and the dancers, um, <laughs> and it did have that, let's say it, Olivia Rodrigo kind of feel to it kind of thing which is very now so look yeah a little unlucky for Marie there indeed she was dancing on that coffee table we also had um, Stola with only this there's only two Norwegian songs in the whole thing uh, he competed with his, mm. went out in the in the first round like the other one did. Yeah. I, I thought it was very nice, um, kind of just a very nice Norwegian ballad done well in a very kind of Paul Ray execution. Yeah, it, it was very Scandi pop done well, man ballad, very, very simple staging him with microphone and some decent lighting. No, but it was good though. It was good. Nice song. All right, and then we had the pre-selected artist Northkid sing their song, Someone. Um, there's a bit of a boy band there, but a very strong lead singer. What did you think of this? Yeah, look, I, I quite liked it, to be honest. Um, they did have a bit of a curtain malfunction there when they <laughs> went to um, reveal the rest of the band. It was kind of just hanging down by one bit. I felt a bit sorry for them. Look, it's a good, good kind of solid song. I thought... His vocal was a bit on the edge at times, which made me feel a little uncomfortable because it's like if you're straining, I'm kind of like wincing. But apart from that, I thought it was... I can see why it's a direct qualifier, to be honest. I could. Really well-written song. If they can execute that vocal, they've got a real chance. Mm. They can't. No chance whatsoever. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. But definitely a step up there in Norway this week. Best semi-final so far. (laughs) 
And it wasn't just Norway this morning, Dale. We were heading back to Lithuania for Pabundam Esnjau and their first semi-final. Mm. Well, we did have a winner from the first semi-final. This is Justa Kral Jalute with How to Get My Life Back. I want to get my life back this time, this time. I won't stay silent Justa won the jury, came second in the tally vote. I have to say, a fair way back in the tally vote, but she took out the semi final. What are your thoughts on this one there, Dale? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was actually well put together. I really like the staging. She's gorgeous, beautiful face, really interesting outfits and costume, good dancers. Um, it was just all very solid, very 7 out of 10 on everything. Hmm, okay. I, I kind of agree. She's very striking. She's got a really good presence on the stage, holds that really, really well. It's a very dark kind of indie pop feel to the song. Mm. Um, look, unfortunately, the song for me plods a little. Just it, it never really gets any peaks and troughs going. It's just plodding along there. But at the same token, I, I think she carries it well, so I can see why uh, they put it through as far as the jury, for example. Exactly. Spoiler alert, when we say solid, we mean it's pretty standard. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> no bigs and troughs, you know, <laughs> just letting you know something there. But look, I, I that's where it kind of stood for me. It doesn't really stand out. There's nothing wrong with it, but it just doesn't set my world on fire. Mm, well, perhaps the second place one will set your world on fire there, Dale. It was Lolita Zero with Not Your Mother won the tally vote, almost three times the votes from the nearest person, uh, and third in the jury. What did you think of Lolita's second performance? I feel like this song is really building momentum. Mm. Um, even with us, I think we're becoming a Lolita Zero Stan account. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's Stan account. But <laughs> getting there, getting there, I must say. Um, a bit of it, like, I think when you first see it, it's like, oh, like, oh, novelty. What a, in a way that an amazing costume looks great. Then you kind of go, okay, the vocals aren't great, but the song has something. The mm. performance has something. This Lithuanian selection is pretty average. This is at least memorable. It stands out. It would actually get some televote. It won't get any jury, but no other song in that semifinal today will get much jury either. Oh, the whole thing's pretty dire coming out of um, Lithuania, to be honest. I'm just going to be blunt. Um, there is something here. There is really something in this song. Even the song itself, the studio version, the instrumentation and the production. This could be an almost cult classic kind of thing. Um, will it be successful at Eurovision if it was to go? Well, I highly doubt it. Would it be memorable and would it be on every news clip? Yes, it would be. So, I don't know. There's something here. I reckon you should just roll the dice and send it, Lithuania. This is at least it's, you know, getting out of second gear kind of thing. You're not going to qualify, let's just face it right now, from mm. the songs you got. Yep. This will be iconic. Yeah, exactly. And it has something. But, you know, that's just our opinion. That's our but opinion, exactly. I do exactly. think it definitely stands out. Third place went to Gabrasi. What did you think of that one, Doug? Look, it's a, it's a very solid song. He does a good job. He does a great vocal. It's just not as good as last year. It's a shame. 
because he would walk it in with that song he had last year. I agree. I think it's a very professional performance from him is the road I've written. Unfortunately, there's no recall for me. I just can't remember the I can't song. Say, I can't say one word. Exactly. I can't even no, I can't even say what the name of the song is. There we go. I didn't write it down either, so I'm not going to mention it. Um, and our fourth qualifier to go through to the final were Queens of Rosesdale. What did you think of them? Well, you know I've got a soft spot for them because they remind me of a Sea Grey Girls Aloud. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, oh, hello, Girls Aloud are the epitome of the pyramid for me of girl bands. Uh, no, they're they're fun. They're great. I think sometimes it gets a little bit lost and it gets a bit messy, but there's something at least there. And I was so happy to see them make the final because I think they're bringing something, yeah. a performance, something interesting at least to the um, final of Lithuania rather than just the general sort of stuff we hear all the time. I actually think their vocals are very, very good. Mm. They, they harmonise very, very well. It, it's a tidy little performance without knocking your socks off really and it's just for me unfortunately that chorus kills it they do that drop chorus and woof you've lost me but apart from that i like the ladies i like the vocals i don't mind the song it's a little odd but apart from that it was pretty good pretty good all right let's we talk maybe uh, about a couple that have fallen this morning what about erica jennings she was probably the big name not to get through yeah i thought if there was someone a little unlucky it was her um mainly because she's a good performer i think she did a good job of a very average song yeah, they kind of left her out there by herself, didn't they? Give no her a staging. couple of dances or something. I think that might have helped if she had some... Because her televote killed her mm. and because she just stood there and sang it. And the song was a little dated, so it could have done with something to take your mind off the song, to be honest. <laughs> Is that harsh? Um, and the other one I want to mention was the guy in the pink suit didn't get through. And I think we're all very relieved about that. Thank God. <laughs> Well, Mike, it wasn't just national finals this week. We also had our kind of our first milestone of Eurovision 2022 in Turin with the semi-final allocation draw. Always highly anticipated. I love a good semi-final draw. Look, it's always a little clunky and it's live and there's an audio <laughs> issue. Oh, they had more than an A audio issue. And though. But it was in this very grand palace in, or whatever it was. It was very Italian. Yeah. I loved every bit of it. <laughs> but look, let's talk just very quickly about it. We're not going to talk all the semi-allocation parts of it. We'll talk about Australia. Mm-hmm. Semi-final two. So yes. for those making travel plans, that's going to be the Thursday. We're performing in the first half. Yes. Um, you know, Who whatever cares? it is. Really. It is what it is. It yeah, is what yeah. it is, right? Um, there's a couple of good talking points here. I think we did well with a couple of things. And I think the biggest thing is with the big five, we avoided France and Italy who've not been wonderful to us. Traditionally. True. And we haven't been wonderful to the French with the submarines. <laughs> um, but we also, so we got UK, Germany and Spain. And I thought that was actually a big positive for Australia. Definitely, definitely. I think if anything, you've got UK with us. gives us a little bit of hope kind of thing. Exactly. We did a bit of an analysis about how they vote generally compared to the average country. And UK, Germany and Spain have always been more positive than the average country, particularly UK and Germany. And Spain hasn't actually been that bad. Yeah. So it, we've, we got the best three out of those five. Yeah, That's going definitely, to help. Definitely. And they drew them first. So we were like, geez, we want to go in semi-final two. We want to go in semi-final two. So it was nice to be drawn in there. Our friends from looking at the same analysis about who vote for us more positively than normal, Sweden, let's start number one. We love them. They love us. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> Poland, who are one of our best friends, have been yes. fantastic to us, as well as 
Finland, Israel, Malta, Belgium, and Romania. So, yeah, look, I mean, they all above average voters for us. So, I mean, that that, that basically is a, is a good draw for us. And sometimes when you get a, a good friend of Australia, they can be from kind of very successful nations. But we've got a couple in there that you kind of want someone who votes for us, but also might struggle. <laughs> and you know who I'm looking at? Malta. Yep. <laughs> so I think we've got a win-win there. No. Um, on the They're other, probably going to win the whole thing. I now. know. Exactly. On the slightly downside, we had Ireland, Estonia, and Czech Republic. But they they can be nice to us and they can not be nice to us. Ireland's actually been quite harsh over the years. Hmm. But they've been warming to us and we've got similar music styles. So I don't think that's a bad thing as well with Estonia. Yeah, exactly. And there's a language thing there with the Irish. So, you know. Fingers crossed. It's all about the song, ultimately. You've got to have a good song. You have a good song, people will vote for you. Look yeah. at Portugal's 2017 result. Exactly. At, you know, so. Basically how it works for us as well. But let's look at the bad side. Oh, okay. Um, Georgia, hate us. <laughs> <laughs> they must have listened to this podcast, I'm assuming. <laughs> True. Montenegro, San Marino, Azerbaijan, all very negative much below average than normal. Oh. We don't share a lot of similar music styles, though we kind of generally like Azerbaijani stuff. Yeah, I love Azerbaijan. But those countries have not been great to us. The other big talking point, Michael, we've got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Couldn't possibly. Serbia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course we were going to draw Serbia. Uh, you know, I mean, like, it's not a massive deal, really. It is Come a bit on. of a bit of fun talking point. But let's face it, in public opinion right now in Serbia, I can't imagine Australia's really up there. No. And this right now, it's January. Surely exactly. by May. Look, it's not like in Europe where countries are literally in conflict with each mm, other. Yeah. We just had an issue about a tennis player. Exactly. If that's going to affect things. But it's really interesting that geopolitical stuff oh. happening because, I mean, Djokovic was. I mean, they cancelled uh, Rio Tinto stuff over there. Mm. It was probably going to happen anyway. Oh, but okay. it hasn't been a lot of good love between the two countries. And we're getting affected maybe for the first time at Eurovision. We've been this weird neutral thing just hanging around. Yeah. And now we're kind of annoying people in Europe and it's not. <laughs> going well <laughs> uh, we'll see I, I don't think it's really going to affect things too much to be honest in the whole stats analysis we worked out 10 voted positive 10 voted um, negative it virtually came out to an average of zero yeah. so it just goes to show you the draw works out you get some good you get some bad it's all going to be about the song just have a good song Another event during the week was the OGAE Australia and Joy Eurovision um, Top 100 Countdown. Basically, the Australian version of VSC 250. Absolutely. Um, and wasn't it a fantastic, enjoyable time? It was amazing. Lorene won. She wins everything. Not Shot even horror. Dummy Im can take it. <laughs> dummy Im came in second Australians, place. <laughs> Australians voted for Lorene over Dummy Im. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, look, you know, it was a great event. There mm. were so many wonderful people involved in doing it, particularly from the OGAE Club, which is the Australian official fan club mm. of Eurovision and join 94.9 which is an LGBTQIA plus radio station out of Melbourne they all did an amazing job big shout out to Fleur who is an Aussie Vision contributor who was one of the um uh, guest hosts guest presenters on there she was there with uh, one of our good friends Leith who did a fantastic job as well it was hilarious everyone there was great Shum was third which was interesting Kano which we'll talk about soon is fourth my boy Sergei's sixth 
Kyriakos's boy Mons was ninth. There was dodgy voting with Superstar from Turkey coming in 11th place. A lot of Turkish fans in Australia. I love that song. 11th place, though, Michael. Come on. Melbourne's own Johnny Logan, Hold Me Now, 20th. Gina G, 26th. Robbed, right? Yeah, that was robbed. But a couple of really good things here. Australian fans are historical. France called Pupitisi Pupisson came in at 28th. And Danseviste, the Danish song that won in the 60s, came at... 32nd shows that we do have appreciation for history. Oh, most definitely. Uh, France Goal is in my top 10. Definitely. I love, love, love that song. But at the same time, we put Tuji in 35th place, which is pretty <laughs> dodge, right? Oh, no, he's all right. I don't mind a bit of, <laughs> bit of Tuji. And even Jamala made the 190th place. So it shows that Australia does reach out the fig leaf to the songs that burnt us over the years. <laughs> 90th. That was hardly She like, made the 100. <laughs> bigging her up, really. I mean, 90th. Wow. But Another wonderful event. If you're not a member of either Joy or OGAE Australia, please go and do it now and support those clubs. Yeah, great day. Thanks, guys. Also during the week, though, we had a couple of our national selections be announced. Let's start with North Macedonia and their selection, Zayura Song 2022. We had the six competing entries released. It's their first public selection show since 2015. Now, I guess one kind of caught the eye of most people. That was Viktor Apostolovsky with his song Superman. He's a former Macedonian Idol winner. What did you think of that one, though? Loved it sick. It was like... <laughs> a lot of people said it was like the dad version of Little Big. Um, it, it, it kind of had a bit of like dad lyrics in there, as I must say. Some shocking lyrics in there. Something I, about your dad and what do you do to your mum or something like that. Oh, there was a bit, I tick and I talk. And oh it was gosh. just like, oh, mate, no, don't. But I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was infectious. But... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to bring. Absolutely. Well, you won't have to wait too long, though, Dale. There is, first of all, a public online vote, which is open now. That will be 50% of the vote. And then we have an international jury, which will be 50% of the vote. And the show will be on Friday, the 4th of February, coming up this week. So Mm -hmm. we will soon find out if Victor and Superman (laughs) will be representing North Macedonia. I've got a feeling it might be, Dale. Now, another one that was mentioned this week or... Uh, announced this week was Ukraine's Vidbur for 2022. Uh, Eight finalists were announced. One of them was promptly cancelled, unfortunately. That was uh, Loud, I'm assuming they're pronounced. Uh, Unfortunately, their song was on YouTube, or well, a performance of the song was on YouTube from 2018. The EBU is very much snapping down on the 1st of September rule, apparently, so that had to go immediately. Good. Why was it there? <laughs> well, but also, I lo- it was sorted in hours. Exactly. Which is very Ukraine drama. Like, <laughs> when does Vidba not have drama? I love, here's the preparation. <laughs> Here are all the songs. By the way, we're just cancelling one. Apparently, it wasn't them performing it. I think it was one of the songwriters or the producers yes. had an acoustic version. Remember, this is a song competition, not an artist competition. So uh, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Well, a couple of names to look out for in Vidber this year. Alina Pash seems to be the big talking one. She tends to do a lot of modern mixed with folk. Does this sound familiar, Dale? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're on a good thing, may as well stick to it. Um, she'll be uh, running in the national final. And another one to look out for possibly is Wellboy. Now, he was from uh, X Factor 2019. Um, 
actually Verka Soduchka, or as we know, Daniel, uh, quite a big fan of him. So expect something coming from him as well. Now, we've got a couple of weeks on this one. This will be decided on February the 12th. Cannot wait. It looks good already. Mm. Ukraine always bring it. Bring on this national final. Let's just touch on another couple of countries. We had some news this week from Michael. Slovenia, EMA Fresh. It's that kind of like young person's competition. Get some fresh names in there. Yeah, the emerging artist type of category. Exactly. Now, four got through, but I actually want to mention someone who didn't make it. A young guy called John Vitezic with his song Jesus Style. During the performance... He had a haircut. <laughs> he literally got his backing dancers to sit him in a chair, put the that kind of apron thing you get on at the barbers, and they gave him a haircut. They gave him a pretty rough haircut too. It was not say. good. They didn't. They didn't muck around. There was no hot towel or frizzing of the hair or anything. That's for sure. But look, you can only do you can only do that performance once, right? Yeah. So what I'm, were you gonna do? Exactly. I'm like, should wear a wig so you can do it again th- next week. And I think it was his. He looked like his real hair. Mm. So poor guy with his song Jesus style. It was mm. very Jesusy. Oh, it was. We went from Amen to we went full full to the, Jesus full to the sermon. We were. So go look that one up mm. if you want to see something interesting there israel another one that's been going on for quite a while here they're using x factor very a la um, malta for the last couple of years now we're down to four artists there are eight songs in the running because mm. they're going to be original songs they are going to get down to four and that's going to happen during this week mm-hmm. so we're getting to the pointy end of israel with just four artists to go and the final thing worth mentioning here is poland they have changed their name of the national final. I'm not even going to try and pronounce this right, but it... Just do the translation. The translation is, the heart of Europe beats here. We choose hits for Eurovision. That just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) um, Yeah, like, okay, I mean, it's to the point. I'll give it that. It's not to the point. (laughs) It's an essay. Like, Poland, what are you doing? Just choose a song and just do something good. Just do what you do for Junior and get on with it. But if it means we get rid of that awful show, that snazaza or whatever success, it's probably good to rebrand, but maybe not that. Yeah, look, I've got some real hope for Poland this year. I think something's going to happen. And with the Israelis, my gosh, just trust them. They get it right every year, basically, don't they, Israel? It's, it's always quality coming out of there. Okay, let's talk about Kano here. Before we get to our week ahead, the VIP tickets. If you do want to meet Kano, the Televote winners from Eurovision 2019, I mean, why wouldn't you want to meet them, Michael? It'd lovely, be amazing. lovely, lovely people. We want to win this prize. We're not even going to get to meet them. We're not even going to get to exactly. do the meet and greet. Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to email us at aussievisionnet at gmail.com. We will put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And you need to tell us which song should Kano cover that is an Australian song. So it has to be an Australian song. They always do a cover of songs. They did Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head last time, so do not put that in there. <laughs> so tell us which song they should do a cover of and why, and we will announce this, the winning song and entry and winner next week on the show. Yeah, we can't promise they'll cover it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> We're not setting the set list here. And also, it's not just a Eurovision song, just any Australian song that yeah. you would like to hear them cover. Exactly. It could be Wiggles. Hmm. 
Anything. Please don't. Please don't choose the Wiggles. <laughs> so we'll choose the best answer, and that'll be on the show next week. There's also a chance to win our social, but do enter a great chance to win Eurovision, uh, a meet and greet with Eurovision royalty. Absolutely. They're lovely people, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the meet and greet with four of your closest friends. And a bottle of sparkling wine. Ooh. Well, Dale, we'll start our week ahead a little differently this week because we have got some stuff coming out of Australia. So keep an eye, Friday the 4th, Paulini will release her song, We Are One. We've already had a little bit of a teaser on TikTok. What were your little thoughts there? Well, look, she said she was going to do a dance track and mm. it sounds like she's going to bring something and it sounds like it's something that's going to be easy to sing along to and enjoyable in the hall. Yes, very much an anthemic kind of chorus coming through there. Also, Isaiah Firebrace and Evie Irie will release their song. Unfortunately, no details or little teasers at this point, but we're looking forward to that uh, duet. Indeed. And we have an announcement on the TikTok wildcard entry. Exactly what? We don't know. <laughs> but there will be some uh, motion in that area come Friday the 4th. There's going to be a winner. We just don't know if there's going to be the song yeah. or any more details. But, you know, let's just wait and see. I'll be surprised if it's only just those two songs released next Friday. I have a feeling people have been teasing very heavily, mm. like G Nation and Andrew Lambrew, yep. that their songs are coming very, 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 very soon. So hopefully we get a few next Friday alongside um, Paulini and Isaiah. Expect a bit of a rush coming out of Australia soon. Well, it's not just about Australia for the week, Michael. It is going to be busy. Mm. Let's talk about what's going on next week. It all starts with San Remo. It's all week long. Oh, my God. You know what they're like. Oh, it's Dios. five days. Amazing. Amazing. And the wonderful Live From Our team will be covering it every day. She is the most passionate Sanremo person. No doubt we'll probably have some content and some bonus content through the week about what's happening from Liv's perspective. She knows Sanremo like nobody else. Mm. She won a lot of money on Monoskin last year, let's just put it that way. On the third, we have the Estonian semi-final. Semi-final one, we finally get to see the live performances. The first semi has Ott. Alina and Stig in it. So three former Eurovision um, performers for Estonia who've all got top 10. Mm. So big names in that one. Mm -hmm. We also get the Israeli four songs to go through, the down, down to the four songs. Then we get to Friday. We have, um, in European time, is Ireland, their national final, which we can't wait to watch, Mike. That's the uh, Late Late Show special, isn't it? Exactly. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that's going. And how those songs translate live. Exactly. Brooke, who was our winner last mm. week, she's getting a lot of buzz around her, a lot of media attention. Absolutely. She said she's performing in her pyjamas. That does worry me. Oh, my God. Oh my Megan Trainer was her, like... Um, uh, person um, like mentor, a mentor on a show and she's been promoting it remember when Megan Trainer turned up a drag race and she was wearing that um, onesie mm. 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 okay um, <laughs> North Macedonia we have there as you mentioned earlier that result will be on the Friday the 4th as well then we get to Saturday in Europe Sunday in Australia and get ready for this Michael number one Italy San Roma will come to an end Hopefully in the same day. Might take three days. Some, some point on Sunday or some point on Monday. <laughs> some you know, some we're not point sure. in the next two weeks. Uh, the Israel X Factor winner and the song will be out and looking, sorted. Looking forward to that. We have our usual friends, Norway and Lithuania. Mm -hmm. Semi-four Norway and the semi-final two in Lithuania. 
We have Melfest, Michael. Oh. The first show, we have uh, Malu Pritz and Robin Bengtsson. There's probably the two big names. There's a lot of amazing names in there, but it's probably the two most recognizable names. Mm-hmm. We have Supernova from Latvia, the semi-final there, where all the songs are taking part in it. In the Aussie Vision rankings, it was Aminata who came up on top. Mm. So we'll see how she goes. I would dare say she's going to get through probably um she could just hum the few notes and she'll get through <laughs> sd Lau, the second semi-final where stefan which is the aussie visions number one song is competing in we have slovenia ema the first semi-final and we also have the release of island i island iceland's one letter artisan songs on that day as well all happening next sunday in australia so just a quiet one yeah good luck with getting any airtime there song for Kepnan with your songs <laughs> i know that's odd eh? <laughs> yeah but look now that's that's great we're well and truly into the meat and bones of it now aren't we we are indeed <laughs> Okay, well, that is the end of the show, Michael. It has mm. been our 300th. It has been a bit longer than usual, but a lot is happening. Oh, my God. We couldn't just skip over Benidorm and stuff like that. No way. We no could have way. done a whole show talking oh about Benidorm. Yeah. But look, it has been 300 shows, so we want to thank everybody here. The Patreon subscribers, you are literally keeping the lights on. Mm. One month of what you're doing gets us a round of drinks for everyone at um, Australia Decides <laughs> for the Division team. So God, thank you af- so we much. We can afford a round of drinks, can we? Just. We're living it up. Living just, it up. I think, for our the size of our. <laughs> team now but also there's been so many wonderful particularly podcasts there's a wonderful eurovision podcast community and we build up from the ground up and there's people like you know the podcasts of like esc insight wind machine Eurowatt, second cherry and the euro trip boys all of these people have been instrumental for us to get to hit this point absolutely you're right it is a great community out there and uh you know it's just so nice that we were they were welcomed and we were nurtured in our podcast and hence we're still here 300 uh, episodes later exactly it's all about building each other up which is fantastic and of course i definitely want to just have a big shout out here we've got to thank our contributors don't we michael amazing yeah without them we just wouldn't be able to do this exactly the research the articles everything you see on the website all the social media so just very quickly Thank you so much for Kiriakos, Liv, Laura, Steve, Emma, Guy, Haley, Fleur, Craig, Ford, Ruby, Cooper, Hugo, Josh, Estelle, Mark, Wade, Jessica, and Tim. And particularly a few people who have now left us just because things get busy for them. There's Jade and there's Miles and Elise and Aaron. They've all been instrumental into making Aussie Vision uh, what it is today. Absolutely. As I say, it is very much a team thing and every piece of uh, input is, is valued and appreciated. And thank you. Everyone who listens, I can't believe you're listening still. <laughs> and if you manage to last this long, and this yeah. is our longest pod in a long time, it is. Thanks so much for joining us. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Yeah, and just to get some of the feedback sometimes is very, very humbling. So thanks very much. We hope you're enjoying it because we certainly still are 300 episodes in. All right, catch you later. Thanks, guys. See ya.